You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. My name is Cara Zoyal. I'm from Krypton. Uh, everyone, this is my cousin. I guess you already know. Okay, I think I have this. Uh, Oliver. Green Arrow. Dig. Spartan. Thea. Speedy. And Sarah. White Canary. Jax. Sam Professor Stein. Firestorm. Uh, Ray. Palmer. Uh, the Atom. And Mick. Hmm. Oh, Heatwave. Uh, Always a pleasure to see you, Lucy. Hello. Family we've met. Lucifer. Morningstar. Consider us even, John Constantine. <laughs> Constantine. Is it? I don't care. Be ready. All right, then. On with the show. Hello and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. I hope that wasn't too loud. This is Rob, who is hosting for the very first time. So you'll have to excuse me. It's my first day. So don't forget, on the Multiverse Fancast, you can take us on the go with Podbeam, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast or any other listening stations. We are all out there. We are in your face. We are everywhere you want to be. You can also check out our content on the website, themisfitfaction.com, which is just blowing up the inner innerverse out there, the 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 computerverse, and we are hot. So I hope you check us out. We've got columns, we've got podcasts, we've got other cinematic adventures, we have bibliophiles assemble. We've got all sorts of great stuff on there. So check us out at the Misfit faction.com as always is again i'm third host now promoted to regular host rob and with me as always is ronnie hi ronnie hi how are you today i'm doing good how are you you're awfully giggly is everything going well in your life everything is going better than well all right i know we're looking forward to today's podcast because we're going to see all the ways that rob can screw this up 300%. 300% exactly. And also with me is Paul. Paul, how are you enjoying this debacle and car crash of a segment so far? I'm just trying to fix the settings on all of our equipment (laughs) as we go. Such big wavelengths on my screen right now. I know. It's usually so like, hi and welcome to the multiverse. Hi, this is NPR. Why is this Dr. (laughs) It's like Dr. Ruth. What are you talking about? (laughs) Hello and welcome to the multiverse fancast. Today we're talking so, about Paul. You are doing well today. I am doing so well and so entertained and so <laughs> looking forward to editing afterwards. So we've got a bunch of things on today's palette, and first we're going to start off with a little bit of news. So this week in the news, Paul is handling our news. I don't want to handle anything right now, but I'll do my very best. I believe in you. So uh, we're going to be all over with news. There, there has been a fair amount of. Uh, of comic book movie related news. So that actually is exciting considering the the current uh, climate on cinematic adventures. We had like three pieces of news for movies because it's a little slow, but it's it's picking up kind of the dry season, right? Yeah. So let's talk first. uh, Sony cast Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven the Hunter in a Craven solo movie. I'll bet you did not see that one coming. (laughs) I get it. Because that's what he said. (laughs) said I hope he's better with bullets in this movie. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Shots fired. Yeah, and he didn't dodge a single one. As long as they don't recast him. 
Oh yeah. Uh, boner. <laughs> what a boner that was. But anyway, yeah, yes, I I will say I'm excited. I do it's like a hard letdown. Yeah, there it is. I do like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, we will eventually do his tenure as kick ass. I think on the show yes, at some point absolutely. it is on our list. Um, I I want to I would like I I think he could pull off uh the Craven the Hunter. It, he just needs a better accent. Well, one of the things I saw in reading about Craven the Hunter today was that they're sort of taking it not as him being the antagonist, that he's sort of like just a guy that gets... What's his story? He gets injected with something or he gets exposed to plants or something when he's There's in There's a lot of different yeah. stories, but they, they've tried to make him... He's been an anti-hero. He's been a villain. He's He killed, quote-unquote, Spider-Man once. Yeah. So like he's he's a character that's kind of been all over the map. I'm very excited to see what they're going to end up. I'd love to see him like hunting Morbius or hunting mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Venom because that's Venom. all that same and universe. Yeah, no, he is entering the Venom verse. <sighs> Maybe they could introduce Squirrel Girl. You get they already they, they've been talking about Squirrel, Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Talk about a character that has the weirdest following ever. She yeah. did defeat uh, Thanos though once. Oh mm-hmm. yes, Anna Kendrick is. is we were yeah, all that's... fanboying that one. Yeah, yeah a little bit, a little bit. Uh, going down with the news, we also have uh, the Sandman on Netflix has named its entire cast, which I definitely have ready to go. <laughs> Um, you know, we're professionals. You had one job. I, I did. I have it. So uh, we have a uh, Kirby Howell Baptiste will portray death. Uh, I don't I, again. I'm not really too familiar with this source material, but if you guys are watching Lucifer, which just premiered its season five, part two, um, based off this graphic novel. We also have uh, Jenna Coleman as Joanna Constantine, the great, great, great grandmother of John. Uh, David Thules as John D and Pat Oswald voicing Matthew. Uh, then a bunch of other names that I'll never be able to pronounce correctly. <laughs> Neam Walsh as Ethel Cripps. Oh no, Nim Walsh and Jolie Richardson will alternate playing in Ethel Jolie Cripps. Richardson, okay. Yeah, I like her. And Kyo Ra is Rose Walker. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that's just some of the cast that they've announced this week. That this project is finally coming together, I think, is a miracle in itself. Well, they just did uh, forever. They on... just did an audio, uh, an audio book with James that. McAvoy, like a yeah. huge yeah. star-studded cast. I believe Kat Dennings was in that yes. audio, wasn't she? Uh, talking also about casting news, Emma Stone says that there's no possible way that she's going to be. Spider in Spider Man at all. Hashtag fake news. Hashtag so <laughs> fake news. She's too busy with dogs. Oh god, get it. it took me a second. I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, I, I have to ask, is that is is Cruella uh, a a desire to be watched in your household? Not for thirty dollars. Um to be honest, it hasn't been discussed. But oh, I'm, really? I'm yeah. I'm sure I mentioned this because uh, yeah. he has he has a, a is she preteen or yeah, she teen? She'll, she'll be twelve and like a month and a half. Okay. Yeah. And, and I was like, her, Emma Stone's not, her, that, not that young. <laughs> it's her yeah. demo. Yes. Uh, so, but she hasn't mentioned that one. No. Okay. But I'm I'm sure it's going to be on the list. Like once right. once once it's out there yeah. on Disney Plus, you'll see it because okay. we have it. So. Yeah. Uh, c- continuing with news, we have uh, the Flash season eight is uh, going to be introducing more crossover type events, starting off with the crossover type event. Uh, unfortunately, COVID-19 made doing crossovers this year for all the Arrowverse shows exceptionally difficult. Um, even though they all film on the same lot, just trying to get to Vancouver has been troublesome for a lot of these actors. 
uh, when Supernatural was doing its last season, they the but all the actors talked about how difficult it was to really get back into the flow of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, Black Lightning supposedly, even though his show has ended, they're talking about him cameoing in the Flash. And uh, the actor who plays him, Chris Williams, has said he's very excited because he thinks that he and Grant Gustin had a really good rapport. I know there's a segue, yeah. but is Lucifer still in uh, L.A. or are they in Van- did they go back to Vancouver? Uh, to film? Yeah. Because I, I know season one and season two was Vancouver, and then season three was in actually L.A. because they got some tax breaks. Any idea what four and five were? I don't know. Oh. Off the top of my head. To the but internet. They, well, they they have full casting. So, okay. Um, like I said, Vancouver was very strict. Like uh, Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, I listened to a podcast they were on called uh, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Highly recommend it. Um, if you guys do listen to it, uh, let them know that we sent you. But uh, – Michael Rosenbaum played Lex Luthor on Smallville for years, and he did an interview with both of them before the show ended, and they were saying, like, when they had to go back to Canada to film for the last couple of episodes of Supernatural, they they had to quarantine for mm. super long, like two weeks, and... Season four was yes. in L.A. Season four was L.A., and I just found out season five was between Vancouver and L.A. Mm-hmm. I'm literally talking to you guys, and you guys are just playing on the computer. He interrupted. It's really... Not- I'm sorry. As, as the host, I need to say, Ronnie, wait your turn. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, continue with the news. But anyway, so filming in Vancouver was exceptionally difficult. Uh, they had to quarantine for two weeks straight. They weren't allowed to leave their their like the apartments or homes that they were in. So like it wasn't a pleasant experience. And that's no. why the last and it was at the of... beginning of the pandemic, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like prime yeah. Uh, pandemic time. Let's see. Going down, we are uh, the Eternals trailer. Yay! Let's let's and, talk and about I, it. I did just notice there is no the in the title. I did too yeah. when I was looking it up. It's just, it's just Marvel's Eternals. Eternals. Yeah. I am excited. I all right. Here's a question for you, specifically for you, because you're the one that is always saying that Marvel has cookie cutter like. Um, <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> Marvel has cookie cutter like. Uh, scripts and approaches. Mm-hmm. Does Eternals for you seem non cookie cutterish? It seems like Inhumans, but with a better budget. Mm. Inhumans. The, the teaser is super, super short. Um, I am more and curious. I'm as more well. curious mm-hmm. as to like, hey, all these things are 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 really bad. Like, should we do something? Nah. <laughs> I will say that I I don't know if you had heard, and but this week when Eternal when Eternals trailer did come out, there was a lot of backlash because there was question as to why didn't they involve themselves when Thanos was doing stuff if they've yeah. been around so forever. It's funny you say that. If you guys check out the Misfit Faction on Instagram mm. or our Facebook page, I did just post two uh, relatively funny pictures. Huzzah to the tipper. Yes, um, it's really funny pictures about. <laughs> The Eternals doing nothing, basically. Um, I hope they address it. I hope they explain yeah. why. Yeah. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, we were talking beforehand that Thanos is technically an Eternal. He's just a deviant. That's why he looks different. And ironically, in their culture, he was actually applauded for looking different than mm. the rest of the people. So I hope they mention that because they, they played a little fast and loose with Thanos's comic book more history. Like yeah. in the comics, he did all this because he really wanted to have sex with Lady Death. Yes, yeah. he courts death. Yeah, and that's why in the first Avengers movie, when they say like to challenge them would be to yeah. court death, he's like, yeah, yeah. what? <laughs> uh-huh. Ironically, Lady Death is in love with Deadpool. Yes. And Thanos curses Doesn't De- Kat Dennings play Lady Death in the Sandman Audible? Oh, maybe. I don't I remember. So. Yeah, different continuity, though. Yeah. But um, uh, ironically, Thanos uh, 
curses Deadpool with eternal life so he can never be with her. Mm. There have been rumors, too, and I don't know how much credibility there is to us, that we may in Eternals see baby Thanos. I would, I would, I know. Hmm. And then you just see Don Cheadle coming up behind him with the garage. <laughs> That'd be great. It's Thanos. That would actually <laughs> yeah, be really funny. explaining to do. Well, in a few years, this guy's going to be a problem. Yeah. It's the butterfly effect. All right. What else do we have for news? Uh, we have Denai Gurria may reprise her role as Okoye for the Disney Plus series that they just announced. Yeah. Uh, she will be in uh, Wakanda Forever, so that's exciting. You might remember her from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, Falcon yes. and the Winter Soldier. Yep. No. Okoye wasn't in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No, no, no. Oh, I didn't read That's the whole right. thing. You, mean I just I, you, th- you were thinking Io. Oh, okay. Io was I didn't in read that. the entire article. <laughs> no, you get out of here, you. Oh, I my gosh. I just read the title. <laughs> if it's Marvel, I'm excited. <laughs> you um, got overexcited. Sorry. Marvel Secret Invasion added Christopher McDonald to their cast. Yay. Shooter that, McGavin. Shooter McGavin. I'm excited <laughs> to see him. Uh, pretty much do. I, I, I'm okay with anything he does, basically. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, the Powerpuff Girls pilot got uh, was reshot because it was that bad, or they're changing their story as much as they can. Anima- All right, is it animated? No, no, it it's live, live action. action. Yeah, starring Daisy Ridley. Yeah, or not Daisy Ridley. Um, the girl who plays Daisy on uh, Chloe Bennett on Agents of Shield. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's she oh, stars as. Uh, yeah, right. I, I'm excited. She's like the only real thing question. Really Ooh, who's the best one? Of the Buttercup. Best. Blossom. My Powerpuff Girl knowledge is limited. I apologize. You got Bubbles, Buttercup, and Blossom. I was waiting to see if he knew all three names, much less. Uh, my, that's, my, that's, mine is Bubbles just because she wears blue, and blue is my favorite color. That's I'm too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, If you were too young for this, we'd have other problems. And then uh, last bit of news <laughs> that I have is that they announced that Todd Phillips will be returning to write a Joker sequel. I'm no sorry, news. everybody. Yeah, no news yet on whether or not we're going to have um, Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix back if they want to continue with their more anthology type story, but that's... Uh, it's it's intriguing, no, I would say. Just... I would say intriguing is a good word. Oh, God, I hated that movie. Yeah, but, right. but it's intriguing to see where they go from that movie because it, like, it didn't real, really leave off to build up a sequel. That's why. Well, because I'm by intrigued. the time Bruce Wayne's Batman, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is probably going to be in a senior citizen home. Yeah. Oh, Batman, you, you found me again. <laughs> Four scores seven years ago. I uh, can't find my makeup or my teeth. <laughs> anyway, but so, I think that's... As for Joker, though, I have to say, this week I found myself re-watching some of the clips from Joker, specifically the scenes when he is um, uh, at, on Murray's uh, show. Yes. And the I, la- I yeah. in fact, uh, I, I want to... I, um, here it is. Uh, this is... Uh, I, I want to uh, sh- shout out to uh, Nerdstalgic. Um, they are online on YouTube, um, and they have a great piece called This is What an Oscar-Winning Joker Scene Looks Like. Mm-hmm. And they go through Joaquin's different choices as an actor during that scene, all of the going through different stages uh, of acceptance and, and, yeah. and delving into madness. And And you have to admit, regardless of what you might think of the movie, Joaquin really is just astounding. In oh, God, yeah. You, you really can't argue is. his acting prowess. My my real issue with the Joker movie is, first and foremost, A, some characters you just don't need to know. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's, it's a nice Elseworlds. Elsewhere, Elseworlds. There Elseworlds. we go. Found it. Type story, which is fine. You know, in a world where everybody's talking about cinematic universes, I think it's sometimes nice that we're, we're not necessarily there with some of these projects. But... um. My, my real issue with that is the Joker – I don't want the Joker to be just a mentally handicapped person. 
Yeah. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of like I love the the Killing Joke, the the graphic oh, novel, not the, right, movie. not the movie. The movie's terrible. The movie's yeah. a, but actually scratch that. That movie's a lot like this the Joker movie where I can watch the last certain yeah, amount. It, yeah, you can break up the Joker movie. I'm I'm sorry, um, the joke Killing Joke movie into half and only watch half the half that's about you know the actual yeah the actual the story killing story. joke. Then yeah, but um the thing about that is I one of the best lines he delivers in that is that all it takes is one bad, one day. bad day. I would much rather see a totally normal person like in, like uh, under the red hood or stuff like that yeah. where it's, it's more I'm this normal guy and then just on one day my entire life is literally destroyed mm-hmm. and it, it sends me to a breaking point. Like they tried to make us feel bad for Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and there are points in the movie where you definitely do like yeah. you're, where you're just like oh man poor guy. The movie succeeds in that, but it's also because of his performance. Yeah. But I really, there's just something about the Joker, the legendary Joker. I, I, I think that that's where this movie suffers is the fact that it was supposed to be a movie about the Joker, and it, and and it wasn't really. It it was a movie about this guy that has these mental issues and just goes about his life like it. Like it, it wasn't like a Joker comic book type of movie. I think that's where it suffers from. If this was just named, you know, Taxi Arthur driver. or, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, I see what you did. Yeah. Right, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like Arthur or something like that, you know, like it, it would have been a great movie, I'm sure. But I think the fact that you call it King Joker. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Or even better if they had not even like made, the, like promoted it as a Joker movie. And at the yeah. end, then that, that maybe right. that would have helped too. But I, I digress on that because we could I th- we have done whole episodes oh, on yeah. character. Yes. We did a character study I think on Joker not too yeah, long ago. We did, yeah. So uh, if you guys want to hear more thoughts about it, you can definitely check that out. I'll I'll link it when. Thank uh, you. Yeah, when we're doing uh, I guess when I'm doing promotion for these for this episode. And that's the news. I think that's the news. All right. Well, we have a very special show ready for you uh, this week. We sat down and we came up with a schedule for what we're going to be doing over the next month or two, and we decided, given that it is almost 15 years that 300 has come out that we would do a spotlight on 300 which is Zack Snyder of course and you might know Zack Snyder right now from Army of the Dead what oh i was just saying <laughs> no i'm just i'm just going along with you but fun fact about army of the dead apparently it is netflix's most yes. watched property sorry mm-hmm. paul is is prompting me every once in a while and i i don't catch the uh, uh, like before he scratched his nose, and I thought that was a signal, but no, he just had an <laughs> just allergies. But yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we are looking at Zack Snyder's 300 because Army of the Dead is very, very big right now, and and I think we probably will mention a little bit about Army of the Dead because I had the uh, pleasure. Uh, that's a questionable thing of watching it this week, um, and but more importantly, we're going to be looking at Frank Miller. Uh, Frank Miller is our artist of the month, where we're going to be looking at 300 Sin City. Uh, probably the spirit, and uh, then next month we're going to move into some Neil Gaiman territory with Lucifer and going from there. Uh, so that wraps up this segment. So we're going to go to a commercial break right now. So everybody hang in there, and we'll be right back with 300. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. 
And we're back. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on at the Misfit Faction, where we are now recording for our no one. We're not cinematic adventures. We are the Multiverse Fancast. Hello, everybody. Uh, why don't we redo that? Nope, it's still going. We're gonna keep it going. Uh, uh-uh, you, you don't get that. It's my first day. You don't get that luxury. You so gotta earn that one. Today, <laughs> today we are looking at Zack Snyder's 300. Just to give you a little bit of background about Zack Snyder's 300, this is 299 a, came before it. There you go. There's oh, your I background. See, I see what you did there. there. Okay. All right. Just so don't get it. 300 is based off of Frank Miller's uh, seminal. Uh, graphic novel which is all about now I, I and just that as a, it's all about a <laughs> the Greek uh, uh, and their, the Greeks and their uh, yay Greeks and their attack uh, with the 300 uh, now, I do not want to get into the this is the history of the 300 this is what really happened I don't think that's what we want to get into um, we will here. not discuss the Thermopylae Battle of Thermopylae Thermopylae okay yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I want to go in that direction um, but what I do want to discuss is how this is an adaptation of Frank Miller's work. I had the pleasure of reading uh, Frank Miller's piece this week, uh, which is I'd encourage you to do so. It is not that long. It's about like 92 pages or something. That's about 91 um, pages longer than I can do. <laughs> Ronnie's the reader of the group. <laughs> so uh, it was released. It was initially released in 2006. It premiered at the Austin Buttonumathon in December of 2006 and was finally released uh, to both uh, conventional theaters and IMAX on March 9th of 2007. And uh, it was a huge hit. Uh, we were not expecting it to be a hit. In fact, this, now remember too, this is about a year and a half after Frank Miller's Sin City, yeah. which was a modest success. Uh, yeah. It wasn't huge. Uh, and we are going to talk about Sin City next week. But when they made 300, they weren't really sure just exactly what kind of success they were going to get from this. And they were pleasantly surprised to find out that it made how much in its opening weekend? It it's made, opening? Oh, it's opening weekend. I just have its. Oh, okay. Box what office. what was the full box office? Well, the but the budget was sixty to sixty five million, right. and the box office was half a billion dollars, four hundred and fifty six point yeah. one million. On opening day, mm-hmm. it made uh twenty, just over twenty eight million, mm-hmm. and then on but the weekend was just under seventy one million. Yes, it was. What a huge, huge, especially yeah. like this was this was Zack Snyder before. It, it's so weird because I, I hate to say it that Army of the Dead right now is Netflix's biggest movie because of everything that's happening right now with Zack Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I will be honest. I, I enjoy Zack Snyder's work. I enjoy his movies. I will be the first one to say, though, they are not necessarily good movies. They're they're mm-hmm. beautiful aesthetic movies. Yes. They're very he is he's got an eye for cinematography. He's got an eye for cutting trailers. He does really good work visually, but the reason that this movie, 300, is, is so good, or good enough, is that it's a very simple script. Yeah, and and I, and we're going to get into that about what exactly makes Frank Miller's piece so great um, and, and the different layers to it, because we've all said this before, that when Zack Snyder adapts other people's work and he's not writing the screenplay, it usually comes out really, really well, you yes. know, hence Dawn of the Dead. And you know, which and was a James Gunn script. I'll argue Watchmen because Watchmen, it is very faithful to the graphic novel. Um, I think what they did with the ending was the better choice at the time, and uh, mm-hmm. visually, it's it's panel to screen, man. Like it is, 
It yeah. is there's some great shots. Even in this and this movie too, even the, the scene of him kicking him into the pit was Oh yeah. Like yeah. it still I, looks great. I would actually defend Watchmen too. I think it gets a lot of hate, but it, it is I think it's missing um a lot of the deeper themes and layers that is in the text. Um, because it makes all right, I think we can all agree to this too, that Zack Snyder's uh filmmaking philosophy is I want it to look cool. And you know what? The rule of cool does abide. Like, the, <laughs> the, the rule of cool, there are a lot of movies. Fast and Furious has made a, made a killing with the rule of cool. Like, Fast and Furious yeah. gave up on physics three movies oh, ago. Oh, yeah. And now with F9, which I'm pretty sure if you hit In F... In space! I'm pretty sure if you hit F9 on your keyboard that it actually makes and prints out a new Fast and Furious script. I wouldn't be surprised. Sorry, I stole yeah. that joke from Stephen Colbert. I That's apologize. actually pretty funny, though. <laughs> but, um... Or Seth Meyers, I forget. I heard I watched a lot of them today. If either of you guys are listening, we apologize. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, the rule of cool does take you far, and there are some franchises, like I said, that that really do well with it. Like, you know, and then you have some movies like Avengers Endgame is a perfect example of the balance between the rule of cool and a de- and a half decent script. Um, not to say that Avengers has a half decent script; it's actually a very good movie. But you know, you watch Avengers Endgame the the first like the first three two-thirds of it are actually very slow and and yeah i don't want to say boring is not the right word but it's it's your it's your bookends and then avengers endgame like the last 30 minutes is just non-stop rule of cool like you got spider-man holding on to mjolnir like oh yeah rule of cool and and he i've heard you know and i know i'm making fun of Zack snyder a little bit but he really has said that I, i watched an interview with him yesterday where he was just talking about we have to make it look cool when he was talking about 300 and that's unfortunately it's a great philosophy but unfortunately that's his overriding philosophy sometimes Um, because like with Watchmen he wanted them he just wanted to make them look cool where in Watchmen these are characters that don't like their powers and don't like you know that they have they need to be heroes and yet he made them look you know he makes Rorschach look so cool in his movie well Rorschach is the only one that actually likes what he does and Rorschach is is kind of a, a He's he hates the world and and in the comics and and is very he's a reluctant hero. Very um, well, actually, like in the comics, he's not even like a reluctant hero. He is he wants to save the planet, but not the people. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like mm-hmm. so. It's it's he's an interesting character. I think that for the most part, the movie caught or the movie caught him um, probably better than some of the other characters, like mm-hmm. you know, like Dan or slash Night Owl. Dan, yeah, I think they do him a lot of disservice in the movie. Yeah, but they also they do the best with what they with what they have time for yes. and unfortunately uh, something like Watchmen that's why the show has been lauded by critics have you guys so watched good. it I've watched half of it I have okay. not finished have you it you watched but... it at all no. I, I've seen the whole thing it is just I, I, I couldn't I watched it when it came out and I was so annoyed that I had to wait a week between episodes because I was so into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, from what I saw it was very good okay. and I, I want to eventually finish it but it, it reminds me too much of Doom Patrol <laughs> yeah which, I, gotta, which, which I still gotta finish season we have two to finish. yeah but um, for this movie, like this was his first showing of creating a world that was almost bigger than ours. Yeah. yeah. Um, even though this is quote unquote a historical movie, based on mm-hmm. historical facts, this was the fr- like I I do enjoy for the most part that he does make his characters appear godlike. Yeah, oh yeah. Like yeah. all all of these, as, as much as they make fun of the cast of Three Hundred for being overly jacked. And like the spray on abs, quote unquote, like all these guys did get into very good shape for this yeah. movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. But like the best example I find is um, Zeus in the Zack Snyder Justice League, 
where he is just like pure oh, yeah. rocks. Like I, it's a, it's an exaggeration of of what these characters, and that's what comic books were. They yeah. they were. There's the famous picture of Captain America where he's like basically like a balloon. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous. Like the '90s were were very famous now, for the overly jacked characters. To contextualize this a little bit, 300 comes after Zack Snyder's second film, his um, first film. Sorry, so this 300 is his second film. First one being Dawn of the Dead, Fantastic which yeah. Movie. we yeah, it was a big surprise. Everyone loved it. Um, we didn't see it coming. It was a nice entry into the sort of George Romero universe, um, mm-hmm. which you know we're big fans of. And this was right before Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, he followed this up with then Sucker Punch, which is another movie. Yeah. Actually, I, I should say first he followed it up with Legends of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul, but that which, doesn't really yeah. count. I've, I've heard mixed things about <laughs> yeah. that movie. I, I haven't seen it myself, but uh, Sucker Punch is another movie that I it, it sucks because like it's it's like a joke. If you have to explain it, it's not as funny. But for for Sucker Punch, that's a good allegory. Good allegory. Sucker uh, Punch. There, yeah. It's the ex- that's the exact definition. If I have to – like there's one thing having a conversation about a movie like Inception. Inception's a movie that you can have conversations about. Right. Yes. Was he really uh, dreaming at the end? Was it this? Was it that? You can have conversations and you can argue with or debate. We, we like to debate here. But for a movie like Sucker Punch, I have to explain to people, well, the reason this is happening is because of this and that's because I read in an interview. Like I, I will never say that Sucker Punch is a good movie. No. But it, no. it's a movie that – that I can sit down, I can watch if it's on, I can enjoy the parts of it that, like, the opening scene is beautifully done mm-hmm. with Sweet oh. Dreams playing. And it's, uh, how, now here's my argument is why I bring this up is because I think 300 was the movie where Zack Snyder was praised for because it looked so cool and it was, he created this great, it was a comic book come to life. Yeah. And then he went crazy with that idea and everything after that seemed to just keep following in that I have to make it look just like the comic because that yeah. will make it look cool. Well, also, this was this was 2007, right? Uh, this yeah. came, 300 came out in 2006. This was, yeah, 2006, seven. yeah. Sorry. This was the time where comic book movies were not a guarantee. No, this no. is before Iron Man. Before Iron Man, before the MCU. And even the MCU played it really safe with how mm-hmm. how comic book, like the comic book moments like this was the time where you like comic book movies were not a proven thing. Like they were still a risk. You know, it wasn't until really Spider-Man that they were like, Hey, we could, we could take things from comic books and put them on the screen. Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 You know, even, even X-Men, they still joke around about how X-Men played it so safe that they wore leather. Yeah. (laughs) That was the, the, the matrix era. So for this movie, also a lot of people didn't know this was a comic book. No. no. Um, and I think that actually helped it. I, I think, and, and actually maybe that's one of the things that made this such an important work is because 300 is not a superhero comic book. You know, you don't have Captain America, yeah. Spider-Man, Batman, Superman in there. You have... And like, they, this all is di- a, they all die. Yeah, and this yeah. is a... His- oh, spoilers? Holy cow. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a historical comic book. Um, and, and having read the graphic novel this week... Um, I will tell you, yes, it, it that what you're seeing on screen is almost exactly what Frank Miller had in his graphic yeah. novel, um, and it's it's astounding. It's it's really great. Um, it, it, it's exactly what like you know. For those of you who don't think graphic novels and comic books are real reading, you really need to read 300 to see how there is 
a lot of nuance and a lot of, of layers to it. So let's talk about this movie a little bit. We are the world was introduced to Gerard Butler at this point. So yes. you want to go through the whole cast? I got the cast list. Oh, all set sure. Up. You want yeah. to do that? All right. So you want me to read them off first and then we'll talk about whoever we want to talk sure. about? Sure. All right. So as mentioned, Gerard Butler as Leonidas, King of Sparta. This was his star-making vehicle, mm-hmm. and uh, he really hasn't hit it since. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he's, yeah. Had, he's had some moderate he hasn't successes. Had the same level of success, you know. He, he, I know Olympus has fallen, has its like. Yeah, it's, it's got a, it's got its, <laughs> it's crowd. Got its crowd. Uh, we have David Wenham as Dilios. I'm actually yeah. a big fan of him. I like him in a lot of different things that I've seen. Uh, Lena Headey as Queen Gorgo. Yes. Yep. And now uh, I, you guys are not Game of Thrones fans. So I got to call it out. Huge. It was so great having just, you know, having watched Game of Thrones and then revisiting 300 and seeing her on screen. It was like, wow, there she is. She's there. And, and it was so cool. Seeing, what? Oh, I'll do you one better. Oh, oh. Did you see Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles? I think I did. She was fantastic <laughs> as oh, Sarah she Connor. Was she was Sarah Connor. She was Sarah Connor. She was Sarah Connor. I don't and think I she knew that. was, that, that's the. I knew her from this movie, but okay. it was that show that really uh, like got me familiar with her. But she's fantastic in it. Oh yeah, uh, Giovanni. See, we we know her as a lot of us know her as Cersei Lannister on yep. Game of Thrones. Yep. Uh, one day we'll have to get Melanie onto the podcast to talk about Game of Thrones. Oh, cause... you're you're a Game of Thrones person. She's producer Melanie out. is in the background. Just so you guys know. Oh yeah, I'm huge Game of Thrones. We've watched the entire show twice. It's had you. Ha, uh, real quick, thumbs up, thumbs down. Last season, ooh, right in the middle ooh, of the road. Yeah, ooh, it's in the middle, which is higher than most people. What's okay. Game of Thrones? It's a chair. <laughs> okay, all right. Anyway. I've yet with to see cat. a single second of that show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher some of these names. Right. Giovanni Simeo as the son of Leonidas and Gorgo. I cannot. Pistarchus. There's a lot of unknowns. Yeah, not in the comic. Apparently, Queen Gorgo had a much larger role in this film than she does in the comic book. Which I I thoroughly yes. enjoy. Yeah. Um, I will say that all of the scenes where she is with the Senate and talking with Theron are not in the comic book. No, mm-hmm. she's only in the beginning in yeah. the comic book. In fact, the majority of the comic book is really just the three hundred mm-hmm. Spartans. Yeah. We have Dominic West as Theron, mm-hmm. the the bad guy, basically. Yeah, um, he's always a bad guy. I like, what else is he a bad guy? I, 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 he's one of those guys where it's that guy. Yeah, where you, I, I, don't, yeah. I, I know him when I see him. He was but. the bad guy in Punisher Warzone. Okay. He played Jigsaw. Uh, he was in The Wire. He was in The Wire, Chicago. Oh, that's where I know him uh, from. John okay. Carter. John Carter. Which how, oh god, what a movie! How could I miss? How could I forget about The Wire? Okay, now it all comes together. For me. <laughs> there oh, we go. He was in Tomb Raider in yes. the 2018 yes, Tomb Raider. He was. Yeah. yeah, Finding Dory. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do enjoy him, but he, and, he's usually he's typically the bad guy. Okay. And now, except in the Wire, where he's the great guy, he really <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. he's the why. He's the heart and soul of that show. We got uh, Vincent Regan as Captain Artemis. Uh, I'm just gonna blast through these. Tom Wisdom as Astinios. Uh, that's the son who dies. Uh, yeah. The son of the captain. Uh, Andrew Pleven as Daxos. Andrew Tiernan as Ephistus. <laughs> Ephistoles, the I, deformed one. I, I love the, your tackling of Greek names. I'm doing my very best. Uh, Rodri- as, as someone who has grown up Greek, this is a great joy to watch. Why wouldn't you tell me that before I started butchering these? You don't, you don't know I'm Greek? I didn't know that. Oh my I, gosh, I was raised Greek. I you don't got, know your child. You got Rodrigo Santoro as King Xerxes. Thank you. 
Stephen uh, that one right. Yeah. Stephen McKittle as the loyalist. Michael Fassbender as Denek Deniacus. Is it Michael Fassbender Stelius? No, no, that's, not that's what I've got on IMDb here. Deniacus. He's Deniacus. Deniacus. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking. Wikipedia is way more resourceful. All right. Uh, Peter Menish as a Persian messenger who gets kicked into the well by Leonidas. <laughs> Oh god, poor guy. And then you got a lot of like, a lot of other le- yeah. people. <laughs> young Leonidas, young Leonidas. <laughs> what about uh, Kelly what about Kelly Craig? As Pythia, Oracle uh to the E fours. So uh, uh, it's a lot of really well toned men and then there's like two women, I believe, in the entire Yes, there is a very, very small they, amount uh, of there's women like in this. two like main women, but you got the women in the background so, too. I, I for, yeah. First of all, we want to draw attention to the fact that this was Michael Fassbender's like big screen debut, and I, it was shocking to see him in this. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Fassbender, um, and he is he stands out a little bit uh, because he does he's have, Michael he has, Fassbender. He has some good moments. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't. I think at the time I didn't really notice him at all. And of course, he goes on to play Magneto as well as many other great mm-hmm. roles. In, yeah, he's in, another actor that kind of exploded, not from this movie, but no, just in nah. general. Gerard Butler, I think, is the only one that got any sort of lasting attention from this. Yeah, uh, everyone else is like your B, C list people. God, he, he's was- kind of like a high B, low A. So I looked into um, the train. I first of all, one of the biggest. One of the biggest uh, things that you can't get past in this is just how ripped everybody is. Oh, um, absolutely. And I, I looked into it. They that must they, have worked out a lot. They worked out for eight weeks straight mm-hmm. going into this. Uh, easily, they said, Gerard Butler said, easily four hours a day, uh, hardcore working out. And I, I watched videos of him like on set where yeah. he was like with weights and working out and doing push-ups. And I have to say, the, the abs were not as sprayed on as we initially thought. Yeah, no. I mean, obviously, they, they did probably do some some sort of editing with it. you know. And also, mm-hmm. you got the, the grain that they use, the, the lighting that they use. It's a, it's a very comic booky mm-hmm. in in its look and its aesthetic. So it, it adds to it. But, like, you watch any of the, especially the Zack Snyder movies with, you know, you see Henry Cavill is is a jack dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, even Ben Affleck got into great shape to play Batman. And then he, but he openly says, he's like, I hate hate doing working out and, and eating healthy mm. and all that so like yeah. the second the movie's over i'm like and you know even in the reshoots for Zack snyder's justice League, you can see how like thin yeah. he is but gal gadot too like well, jason Zach, momoa obviously Zack snyder loves his big beefy guys mm. yeah you, you know if you look at every movie he's done there's always these giant like overly masculine men um, that are just just mm. dripping testosterone, and and you know, three hundred was sort of one of the first ones for that in his Snyderverse, and, and I I think though that there is always a nice it, you should have a healthy blend of it, but mm. like there, there uh, masculinity, especially like the toxic masculinity, has really you know been corrected in more modern uh, films, like but I have no problem like Marvel's just well, as guilty of it too with with their oh like Chris Hemsworth has gone on record yeah. more than once going. I hate the gratuitous shirtless scenes. I hate doing right. them. Because but but I, this was back back in was this four four ninety BC somewhere around there. Like right. that this, sit, this, ups, this, sit ups just got invented, yeah. guys. They but were like, all the rage. But no, like th- th- this is what they looked like back then. This you is know, what like this, Spart- this is Spartans like the Greeks were. Det- I grew up with. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> you know, they they were warriors. That's all they did was fight and train 
every single day from yeah. morning And unfortunately, to like night. they show in that opening scene, if there was something wrong with the baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Out they go. Yeah, out yep. the door Which, fast. Yeah, I have to admit, I was a little... All right, let me ask you guys this. Does this... And here's, here's a question. Does this movie hold up? I think so. Okay. And I'll, and I'll say, the thing about historically based movies is they have a longer shelf life than non-historical based movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's an example. On Cinematic Even Adventure... Even though the histori- the historical stuff in this is inaccurate? Yes. Yeah, and I think we're okay with that. I think yeah. we, we all... We buy into the idea that it's not the actual things that are happening. Yeah. But yes, continue. So here's my example, as I was saying. Um, on Cinematic Adventures tonight, we did a movie called Fanboys. Fanboys was filmed. Classic. It's a great one. I haven't watched that yet. I have it upstairs. Oh, I should borrow it. You should borrow it sometime. So Fanboys came out. This is every the, week, yeah. everyone. It came out around the same, same time, like 2006, 2007. Okay. But it takes place in 1999. So a lot of the vernacular that they use is very reminiscent. They drop the R word, which is not mm-hmm. culturally appropriate right now. Or another example, more recent, the Friends Reunion. Uh, okay. premiered on HBO Max and to prepare for it I was watching Friends with my amazing wife who is a huge fan mm-hmm. but as we're watching it I'm sitting there and, and she'll she'll tell you I said this I was like man a lot of this doesn't hold up anymore and she really it's um it's yeah. very it's it's the it's the 90s though like yeah. the, unfortunately yeah. comments about you know dealing with homosexuality and sexuality and they're all whites like all those things were they were common trope Okay. So that's why things like that don't always necessarily age particularly well. Even though I do enjoy Friends and I still chuckle at it, but just don't tell my wife how much I actually do enjoy it. But um, <laughs> And this is sort of the topic I was working towards, and I'm glad you're getting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So for a movie like 300, where, yes, it is a, a big movie about masculinity and about warriors, and you also have to look at it. And child abuse, don't forget. Child and child abuse. abuse and yes. very, very... <laughs> It's the first like three minutes he slaps a seven year old. Yeah, <laughs> but but this is the thing. Back back when this movie first came out, it Child was, Abuse was okay. I mean, ta- <laughs> like 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 yes. It, I mean, to be honest, it, it we was here on the multiverse fan cast. Do not right. condone child abuse in any way, shape, or form. Well, no, we don't. But content. but back then, like it, it wasn't something you heard of, and it was like. I guess it, it was frowned upon, but you know right. what I mean. Like it, like it wasn't made as such a big deal as. That isn't literally anything else. Like, like we more frowned upon the parents that spanked their kids, whereas now it's like you're like yeah. canceled. Like if like you like do that. Yeah, exactly. Like I hate to say this, you're legally but protected. Some of the, some kids nowadays need to get spanked by their parent. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like like there's there's kids that like you see like out in public or whatever, and you're like. If that was me when I was younger, my parent would have... opinions of Ronnie do not reflect those of the multiverse. No, but... The, I'm kind of with him. But you know what I mean? Like, nope. like, like the, it, when we were kids, if we acted out, our parents would... Not all the time, but they would hit, depending on what it is. They, okay. you, you would get hit. Nowadays, you hit your kid and you're going to jail. You know, like back, back when we were younger, it was, quote unquote, okay. Okay. You know? So... I don't know. I think. I think. To honestly, I think the we're getting. Well, I, I'm, we're getting I'll, I'll go off. But I think. I think. I think the world is getting a little soft. I think. All right. for, in All regards right. to this Fair movie, enough. I think the best way to contextualize it yes. is 495 Sparta mm-hmm. versus 2022, 2021. <laughs> Same scene, yeah. filmed in different contexts. 495. We 
socially, we understand, historically, we understand life was a lot different. Mm. You show the same scene taking place during modern day, canceled. Yeah. This movie, that's just that. Unfortunately, just like child brides at the age of 12, like you got married when you were 12, 13 to a yeah. wealthy plantation owner. Like that, it, historically, it's one thing. But for this movie, I had no problem with the opening scene. Um, but at the, again, it's because A, it's a movie. Right. Let, yeah. Let's start there. But also B, I have no problem with revisiting history because history is not necessarily a pretty thing. Mm-hmm. I think that it's very important that we look back at our histories and, and things don't get erased and okay. things and things are still remembered. And in terms of the Spartans, the Spartans were a warrior people. Absolutely. But right. there's a yeah. reason why that culture is not around anymore. No. I might also add, too, that I read the other day that this, although he makes a joke in there about the other Greeks, I think it was about the Persians, was it? About them loving boys? Something like that. Yeah. It was actually the opposite that the Spartans yes. were the yes. ones that did that. <laughs> Anci- ancient Greek cultures were very yes. big on, on male well, relationships. Because yeah. that was considered a compliment if, as a mentor, you had a sexual intimate relationship with your mentees mm-hmm. because it, it meant that you were achieving a certain level of education and intimacy with them that was celebrated. Yeah. Um, how about this then, as a question on this related topic? The fact that Xerxes is somewhat effeminate. That doesn't bother me because also Leonidas does not attack it. Like there, there's a yeah, yeah, that is true. Which shows a lot. Leonidas as a, Leonidas was a historical figure. He actually existed. In fact, the line where he uh, where he says "Come and get them" in regard, like when they say that's tr- an actual that's line. an actual line yes, by King is. Leonidas. And also, like "Come back with your shield or on it." Yep. That's a very common yeah. Spartan phrase. Leonidas doesn't like. To, there was a point in movies where Leonidas would have turned around and been like, "Oh, get off me, you whatever word you want to put in there." Right. Uh, Bill and Ted did it. Bill and Ted had a had yeah. a really derogatory gay line in it. Yes. And but we still love Bill and Ted. Yeah. Like, Bill and Ted are not canceled. No. Yeah. No. Uh, is that line edited out every time it's on TV? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But like. They they don't make a deal of it where it's I have no problem with Xerxes is he's he's bigger than life and I can see him being one of those people like hey I'm all about what feels good what I enjoy man like uh, did you see the movie Paul with uh, I know it but I haven't seen it so there's a great yeah. line where where Seth Rogen's character like you know he's talking to them and he's you know asking if they're you know if they're lovers mm-hmm. and they get offended and he's like whoa on my planet everybody's by like it's all about the pleasure thing we don't care. So I think when I think Xerxes, I don't necessarily okay. think, and plus he's he's hosting the orgy after this. Do you think Zack Snyder would have gotten flack for putting a Xerxes like character nowadays? I don't. I well, I think in, he did get flack for Xerxes. Xerxes not, probably not as much as he traditionally. He's of a different ethnicity. Xerxes, per, Xerxes. Per, yeah, Persians are like from your Middle Eastern, like your Iraq, Iran, and he's. In the movie, more like African descent. Right, but like in terms of him being somewhat effeminate and being... I think if anything, it'd be actually celebrated now. Okay, all right. Because we're, we're... Also, it's amazing what 15-ish years does to like the world perspective. Things have changed since the early 2000s in terms of character... Like, look at look at a show like Supergirl where they, they, they have transgender superheroes. They have gay mm-hmm. superheroes. Like, it's a different world. Yeah. And... I, I have no problem with it, and I actually enjoy seeing a little bit of diversity in that regards. I I had no problem with Xerxes, and 
Well, besides the fact that he was a terrible person to be, you know, <laughs> yeah. char- character-wise. Uh, other than the slaughter and, and, and demolition of his armies. But also, yeah, he, he's not bad. He, he was also, he was a king. And he was, right. he may not have been a warrior king like Leonidas, but he was still a king and he was building his empire. Empire is unfortunate. Like, I hate to say it. And I think Zod says it. He's like, a foundation has to be built on something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Throughout history, em- like, even even the United States, and don't get me wrong, I'm a patriot. I don't think my country's perfect, but I, I definitely, I'm proud of my country. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, we weren't playing rock, paper, scissors right. to, to get where we are. So yeah, I, I don't have a problem with Xerxes character-wise. I think... Again, I think because this movie takes place at a time where a lot of this was socially acceptable, it doesn't it, the cancel culture of it would not be as relevant. It's still not as relevant. Okay. Like this movie will still be on TNT on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were watching Gladiator not not an hour ago on TV. I, I, I have to say I was you know back in 2007 I was showing clips of this when I was teaching the Odyssey mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to show you know sort of that that time period. So. But yeah. I mean like the Odyssey is a perfect example or Oedipus Rex like all yeah. those old tragedies. You know Romeo and Juliet is is teen suicide. They knew each other for three days. Yeah. But we still we still call people that are in a relationship a Romeo and Juliet. Like yes, where mm-hmm. where's the cancel aspect of that? So for me, I think this because like I said, this movie has a historical concept. It it takes place at a time where certain things were just okay. Even like they, when Lena Headey's character is like talking to the Senate, they're like, "Who is this? Who is this? She's a queen." Yeah, yeah. and they're still going, "Well, who's that, this trophy wife coming yeah. to talk to us?" And that yeah. line that she says, they say, I forget if she says it or who says it. That of, uh, you know, how is she able to talk, you know, at, on your behalf? Well, she births Spartan soldiers, and so, yeah, you know, not not per, she births men or yeah, not you know. That's an actual line too. Yes. That, that's from original documents from long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so we have Persian King Xerxes. He leads an army of a hundred thousand um, men to Greece, and he's confronted by the three hundred Spartans, seven hundred Thespians, and four hundred Thebans. Um, and Xerxes waits out for ten days for King Leonidas to surrender, uh, and, and it's all about that three days of battle where the Greeks were killed. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've got for a plot for a movie. So it's it's as Paul was saying, you know, it is a fairly simple plot, but is it all that simple of a story? I think the thing that gets people like fired up about this movie is it is an underdog story yes. and we don't even realize it yeah. because we see the Spartans as like these more than human type characters, you know, ripped abs, beautiful women, culture, like the like we see them, but they're they're the underdogs yeah. in it. And they're, there's nothing more badass than the fact that they start. They're winning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were even, you know, rooting for Zack Snyder for a while as the underdog when Justice, you know, the Snyder Cut was coming yeah. up. Yeah. So and, yeah, we love an underdog. And even, you know, say what you will about the Snyder Cut. We have a great episode on it. We did a fan, like we made a whole night of it, and then we recorded after with uh, Sean from Cinematic Adventures. Um, say what you will about the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. The the process of getting it done alone. We even Rob. I know yes. you're not, I know you're not a big Snyder fan, right. but like, I think even you appreciate that oh, yeah. the journey that this thing went I, on. I may not have fully enjoyed the movie and thought it was way over long, but I celebrate the movie because of what it represents. Absolutely, yes. absolutely, yes. Like even even this movie, Warner Brothers wanted a PG thirteen movie. Yes, yeah. I saw that. That would have like don't get me wrong. I am not, and Ronnie and I have discussed this at length because he's a huge Deadpool fan, mm-hmm. and. For Deadpool, they uh, the creator of Deadpool recently said in an interview that Deadpool can be done PG-13 because of Ryan Reynolds. 
to a point. I I agree. But for a movie like this, I you, trying to make it PG thirteen is just how. There's there's too much violence and and you know the sexual stuff and like yeah. all that stuff well, yeah. like well. There's not as much sexual stuff as I originally remembered. There's just him and there's the the him scene, and Lena, the he, Oracle, right? the Oracle, and the Oracle, and the orgy. I don't remember seeing. It's when uh, Ephistelis, Ephistelis. When you get home, you can watch it. I forgot that What's... he. It's when he goes to Xerxes and Xerxes asks what he wants in exchange for information about the goat oh, path. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's. I it's, forgot about it's that. It's pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Um. Okay, but, so yeah. let's talk about the action. Because I think that's what this movie is is remembered most for is those yeah. incredible action shots. So I, before I have the a, action starts, it's so boring. I have a fact. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think. What what was the thing that you turned it off right before he got kicked into the pit? No, no, no. So 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 we off air. Uh, me and Paul were talking about it, and I was saying, yeah, I tried watching it this week, and I only got up to the part where. Where the oracle is there, you know, right after she gets licked by the mutated, what what are the what were they um, what are they not gods but like the oh, yeah, the councilmen yeah, yeah. or the whatever ones with the bad acne yeah, yeah. oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. A- after she gets licked by them um that that that's where I kind of was just like do I really have to watch it like like I was sitting there and I was going should I just fast forward to the action just watch the action like from the point from the kick on until the action starts, it's like, eh, yeah. like, 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 let's get to the fighting. I think it's just more because I already saw the movie. I know what happens before the fighting. So it's just sitting there going, all right, let's get to the fighting. Let's get to the action. Come on. Let's go already. I saw the kick. You know, that that's all you got to see in the first, what, 25, 30 minutes of the movie. And then the last hour or so is where the action happens but so here's a question for you guys um this is coming from cinema sins so take it with a grain of salt they estimated that there are approximately 375 slow motion scenes in this movie of about 12 seconds each okay which totals to about 30 minutes of slow motion in this so here's 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 my all right go ahead i have Um, a question but i want to hear your thoughts first okay do you want to ask your question first? I don't mind. No, go ahead. All right. So there are certain scenes in this movie that are made by the slow-mo. I, I, I'll, I'll justify the slow-mo in this. Falling into the pit. The the pit scene that yep. when he kicks him, it is definitely worth the slow-mo. Mm-hmm. Um, it just adds something to it. This There's a great scene where Michael Fassbender's – after the, he jumps over the wall and he's doing kind of that – uh, very slow. And my, Leonidas does it too, where he's like changing weapons and switching and then attacking, and it, it's cutting yeah. from fast to slow to fast to slow. Right. That stuff is really good. Um, this was before Zack Snyder really started to rely on it, and also mm-hmm. it's it's very cinematic in how it's done. Mm-hmm. Like the the yeah. shot of them kicking the Persians over the the cliff. Um, you know, oh, let's give yeah. them something to drink because it's it's because, ripped right from Frank Miller's work. It. Because of the backgrounds and the coloring and everything, it makes it it makes it that much better. And I think the fact that it also has narration to it, it doesn't it takes it doesn't when it's just slow mo, you have to just focus on the slow mo. But the fact that you still have the the narrator who's talking during this, 
it doesn't make it feel slow. So yeah. you get the the beautiful aesthetic, you get the pacing that's still being done properly because of the narration that's keeping it moving. Because sometimes narration can really be a crux. Yes. Here it is not, I have to argue. Well, it because, is very, and also, when, is, it's ahead. very, no, go ahead. I was going to say, it's very Homeric. So, and the reason I like the narration is because it, this is a story that's being yeah. told mm-hmm. and it makes it so that I can understand why all these guys are jacked gods basically because he's telling he's trying to hype his boys up before their fight telling the story of the great King Leonidas who was this god of a man who killed a, this could all be excuse my language bullshit yeah and he is just yeah. literally like getting the crowd moving yeah well and and it's very like for those who have read the Odyssey, it is, you know, the Odyssey starts off with a narrator of you, of, you know, let me tell you the story about, you know, Odysseus and how he did this and came through this. And this very, Frank Miller wrote it in the style of Homer, you know, with the Odyssey, which is why it works here. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul hit that right on the nose too with this was sort of the first time that we are seeing this slow motion action and it's not gratuitous because we've never seen it before. Um, How do you feel about it? Uh, At times it's like, all right, does this really have to be slow-mo? You know, like I, I, like I I wouldn't off the top of my head. I can't think of it. I'm sure if I rewatch the movie in entirety and everything, I could be like, all right, this you didn't need slow mo and everything, um, but like you said, back when this came out in two thousand seven, there was no slow mo really when right. it came to action. Everything was action, you know, fast paced, just going, going, going. So it was kind of cool to see it in slow mo um, and everything like that. But nowadays, it's just overused. Not yeah. not not just by Zack Snyder, but by Anyone that does action movies, like they tend to do slow mo and everything like that, and it's kind of like, all right, now it's getting repetitive. We 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 know what it looks like when somebody gets punched in the face. Well, that's why a movie like John Wick is so good because it is all quote unquote real time. It's choreographed. Now you look at a movie like Justice League, Zack Snyder. If we're gonna say Justice League, I'm just gonna assume we're referring to Zack Snyder. Yeah, the other one doesn't exist. You look at yeah. Justice League, and the only time slow motion is really justified is when you're dealing with a character who perceives time differently. Mm. The Flash, even Wonder Woman or Superman, those slow motion shots are are great. Yes, and it makes me glad that yes, there's a lot of slow motion in Justice League. Uh, I'll be honest with it, but for characters like the Flash, it makes sense. Mm-hmm, right. For even characters like Wonder Woman, where she's like looking in the you know, for them it was more just adding the overdramatic Amazon music every time Wonder Woman looked at you. But um, there's there's some great moments in that, and I think if slow motion can be totally justified and done right, yeah. But it wasn't until Sucker Punch that he really oh, started he going into it. Yeah, oh. like even like the shots, some of the shots would have looked cooler as in fast motion. Like look yeah. at Wonder Woman in Justice League when she's catching the the bullets. Yeah. It looks a little goofy at times, but it's still at the same time. I thought I was like, well, that's how people would see it. Right. Yeah. That's how the world would perceive this universe. Um, Melanie and I were watching the show Invincible last night. We watched the first episode. Mm. Uh, very The Boys. Oh, very, yeah. It's like animated The Boys. And there's a character called Red Rush, and he's he's got super speed. And he's talking about how he perceives the world so much differently than other people that when he's having a conversation with somebody, it's hours to him. And I, I like stuff like okay, that. Yeah. I like 
I like. Um, I know we're not talking about Justice League or superhero <laughs> movies in general, but this is the multiverse fan cast. Yeah. We're talking comics. I like comic book properties that that talk about what these powers actually do to the world around them. And Man of Steel was a great example of like Superman telling Lois Lane, uh, "You should probably take a few steps back before I take off." Mm-hmm. Like little things maybe like that. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. <laughs> like things like that were were always interesting to me. Um, and then like I like to see character progression where eventually it gets to a point where Superman could just carry somebody. Like stuff like that was always yeah. I, I enjoyed that little extra. So uh, just I'm thinking about this now because 300 clocks in at an hour 56, and in fact I think credits roll somewhere around 145. Yeah. So it is not that long. But now I'm looking at some of his other stuff, like you know Watchmen clocks in at seven uh, hours. Two. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one I, about I will say the director's one, cut. Yeah, it depends Four? on what cut. Fourish. Well, the fourish one incorporates the um. The, I want to say the Dawn Treader, but I know that's not the, 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 bo- the, the, the pirate boat? ship and the, the animated yeah, Dawn stuff. Treader yeah, yeah. Is Narnia. Yeah, I was um, about to say. <laughs> this uh, is Narnia. <laughs> you Sucker, leave my Jesus allegory <laughs> line alone. <laughs> Sucker Punch is 150. Man of Steel is like two and a half. Like, yeah, I, I and even even Army of the Dead was 225. A long, but that is also, a long zombie movie. Yeah. Because, you know what? It's funny because Netflix didn't want to be Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is not looking good right now with all no. the Zack Snyder stuff because it's not just Zack Snyder. It's also Ray Fisher. It's you know a lot of other things. Like Warner Brothers is not no. – they're in a very – and they're not doing anything to fix it. No. Like we don't want Green Lantern in the movie. Why? <laughs> right? Like one, a, a one, one of your biggest yeah. characters. And all they have to do is say we're making the show. Right. It's their silence that, and everybody's like, well, because they don't want a black green lancer. It may not be. But whoever's Who doing PR for Warner Brothers is really just like digging themselves deeper yeah. and deeper. And my, and you're right. I, I think, you know, possibly Netflix auto-corrected into the wrong direction. Too f- I should, Not wrong direction. Too far into that direction. It, ca- it catered to a director who, again, I like Zack Snyder. I enjoy his work. Because I like visual, yeah. I like visual storytelling, yeah. and I like things that are a little bit deeper. But they over catered to a director that I hate yeah. to say it hasn't well, earned it. I, I, Zach I, I don't think it was as because of Zack Snyder. I think that's just Netflix's model. Netflix, I think, is more just like, hey, we're gonna pay you all this money to make a movie. You do whatever you want. Right. We're not gonna interfere because it happens. I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of the Netflix movies are eh. yeah agreed you know like their yeah. shows their shows are pretty good and everything but but most of their movies I, I haven't mm-hmm. seen too many of them but the ones I have seen yeah. it's like because eh, I think they just go hey so-and-so director make your movie you- and you can make it how you want instead of going to the studio and your movie's not your movie let me give you, you know? an example of that um, if you've ever seen the film Donnie Darko Oh, uh-huh. oh, God, my okay. brain. Ow. No. <laughs> Donnie Darko's Richard Kelly is a great example of this, whereas Richard Kelly's... I don't know if you've ever seen the director's cut of Donnie Darko. No. It's terrible. Yeah. Because what happened was that the studio saw it, and they were like, we need you to fix this, 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 and this, and they reined him in. Mm-hmm. And then Richard Kelly then went on to make um, uh, another movie called uh, Southland Tales, uh, oh and God! I remember, I vaguely remember that movie. I think it's it's brilliant, but it is way like out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, it, in fact, it has The Rock in it. 
Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm looking at IMDb here. Has it at a 5.4? Um, it is quite average. terrible because yeah. no one was reigning in Richard Kelly. Yeah. Whereas with Donnie Darko, someone was reigning him in, and we got a great movie. And I think that's the problem with Zack Snyder is that Zack Snyder reigned in is good. Like yes. I, I think he produces some great stuff, but when he is given free reign to do whatever he wants, it's just a travesty. Yeah. Um, Army of the Dead is not a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I know you guys haven't got a chance to see it yet, but I, I watched it this week, and I will say that it is. I, as someone who loves the zombie genre, it was way over long. There were scenes that went on for way too long. It was characters I didn't care about, um, and it was. A lot of not zombie action, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think if you cut forty five minutes out of this movie, it you might have actually had a good movie. Hmm. But it was as it is is not good. Whereas yeah. three hundred, you have him being anchored by Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah. So the thing about like Zack Snyder needs like the like the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. He needs somebody that's like Zack. This looks really cool, but why is it happening? Yeah. He he needs that, and I. Fewer, he needs fewer yes men and more people criticizing. Yes. Not even criticizing, just being constructive with yeah. him. Like here like if I went up to Zack Snyder needs a strong script with somebody who's gonna stay there and be like, No, this is my script. This is why this is happening, this is what's happening mm-hmm. and make it look cool, but also follow the script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When when you give Zack Snyder free reign, unfortunately, it the products can be mixed. Now again, don't get me wrong. I enjoy Sucker Punch, but I will never tell anybody it's a great no. movie. Like visually, it's beautiful, and I understand it because I'm I'm not I don't consider myself a common moviegoer. You know, I mm-hmm. do I do podcasts. Like yeah, <laughs> you know, we're we're sitting here. We're we're at almost uh, about an hour and three minutes oh, just nice. talking about three hundred. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a movie that's that's fifteen years old, but we're breaking it down in ways that people. Your average moviegoer is not going to be like, well, I uh, I do believe that this part of the movie was not exactly historically like. No. But that's that's part of what we do, and that's why mm-hmm. I, I enjoy Zack Snyder because he leads to conversation. Yeah. Um, as much as I love the Marvel movies, I will always say that I seventy percent of the Marvel movies are very formulaic because they found a formula that works, and that's cool. Yeah. We enjoy it. We go. We know what we're. If expecting. it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And but it doesn't provoke discussion. Not to no. like nobody's discussed Ant Man. Like, yes, I will. We yeah, will though. True. We we love Ant Man. We love Paul Rudd. I know but, you love Ant Man way more than I do. Yes, yeah, but you know, like we and it's it was good, but we're not going to be like, you know, we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame and we're going to talk about you know like the new shows that are coming out because they're supposed to have all these ramifications. Yeah, we're not going to talk about Thor, Thor the Dark World. No, this this yeah. Zack Snyder does provoke, which and, is which good. is what which is what an artist quote-unquote, should do. Yeah. And I think this is a very... I, I, I would argue, and you might agree with me, that this is very much an art film. Oh, yes. like, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's a, a big, budgety studio art film. That was a short film first. That That's how this... Yeah. This feels like it was a short film, and somebody at Warner Brothers saw it and was like, here's more money. Yeah. Make this more. And, and They didn't give him that much money, though. Now, here's the thing that I want to bring up, too. Um... Frank Miller in his book puts this sort of uh, uh, bookends mm-hmm. to it, where with this story with the wolf. Can you do you remember the story? With yeah, the, yeah. All right, yes. Recap it for us. So, 
he's thrown into the wild as part of a Spartan rite of passage mm-hmm. as he like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. I think they show yeah. him. And he's trying to survive in this cave and, and he's attacked by a wolf. And he no, lures the... an ordinary wolf. This thing is huge. Yes. But again, it is all a story. Everything's bigger when you tell it. Everything's exaggerated. Mm-hmm. So he manages to, very similar to the actual battle that they're going to deal with, lure him into a small crevice where no matter how big or strong you are, it's about superior tactics. Yeah. And he's able to get the wolf stuck and he impales it, wears it back as a symbol of his victory. Wait, are you saying there was foreshadowing? What? Oh my go. God. Look at, Ron, look at Ronnie. Wow. Ronnie mm-hmm. gets the A for in English for the day. Ronnie, why does Google say foreshadowing on there? It does not. I'm actually <laughs> smarter than I look and sound. That's a good thing we're not doing video Got tonight. A face for radio. <laughs> uh-huh. a face for radio. Yeah. And a voice for to be quiet. Yeah. What? <laughs> what does that even mean? It means it I shouldn't means he, talk. means he should be doing podcasts with us. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even make it to face for radio. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, the, the opening scene is a pure parallel to, to what happens mm-hmm. in, in the rest of the movie. So, And this is the point I'm making. Now, I, I don't know if you remember, like, two weeks ago, I think it was, I talked about that the best stories best reflect the... <laughs> <laughs> the best stories not only have outer conflict, but also have inner conflict. And folders yes. in your cup. I got you, Ronnie. No the worry. outer conflict is, the, you know, Xerxes and his armies and yes. them coming in. That is the struggle. That is the outer conflict that we have to survive through this. The inner conflict is him growing as an individual. Now, and, and if you remember, I brought up Bond. Bond yeah. in Casino Royale, when we first see him, he is like a brute force of a man who just keeps, he doesn't think things through, and he's not a very intelligent agent, and that's his it's short internal game, it's struggle. It's short game versus yeah. long game. Exactly. And in 300, you have that internal struggle of with the wolf of, you know, I need to think back, how was I with this, what did I learn from that, mm-hmm. and how can I develop from that? And that's the internal struggle of him becoming a master strategist in yes. battle because of the lessons he learned in his youth. Yeah. And that's, I think what makes this superior Zack Snyder is because you have that internal and external mm-hmm. uh, yeah. conflict. Whereas in so many, you know, sucker punch. No, no. <laughs> su- su- sucker punch was more like, I'm going to win this battle. I don't care about the war. It's- While 300 is more yeah. like, I'm worried about the war. If I lose this battle, that's okay as long as I still yeah. win the war. Also, for me, Sucker Punch was more show, don't tell. Mm. Like, or it, it's hard to, like, yeah, I'm trying no. to explain it. Like, 300, nobody had to tell me, here are the parallels. Yeah. I, like, I, I got it. Like, I watched it. I was like, oh, that's what happens to them. I get it. Kind Sucker of. Punch, Sucker Punch needs so much explanation where it's, Here's here's the visual representation of the internal struggles that they're all doing. It's all bringing yeah. fight and like this is there's a great moment where you know Xerxes is talking to, to Leonidas and Leonidas is really doubting, am I doing the right yes. thing? Yeah. And what what a great character moment for somebody especially who from the age of I don't know not being thrown off a cliff old <laughs> has been taught. I think that's this, we days. are Spartans. This is how we live. This is how yeah. we we. We manage our society. We fight when we know we're going to lose, and there's honor in that. And that's where the mm-hmm. phrase "come back on your, uh, come back with your shield" or "on, on it, it" comes from. It's either you win or you die losing. Yeah. yeah, you don't come back otherwise. And I think that this movie does a great job. Leonidas does struggle, mm-hmm. and yep. he's at that point where it's my people or my culture. 
And I think that this movie does a great job because he does offer like he's like, guys, go home if, yeah. if that's. But they all are the same warrior mindset where they're like, we're going to stay. But I think the Greeks do leave. Mm-hmm. And he obviously he sends uh, the one who loses his eye who's telling the story back. He's like, yeah. you need to tell this story. Right. So no, fun accurate. fact yeah. yes. about the comeback with your shield on it mm-hmm. was actually said by the women yep. to to the men, the sons. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Because another fun fact, he in history he lost his eye to an infection. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it makes was sense. Not in battle, staff. Um, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right that there are moments when King Leonidas is struggling with, "Am I doing yeah. the right thing?" And I love that line too, and it's directly ripped from Frank Miller's piece where he talks about Xerxes's hubris, mm-hmm. the idea that I think I'm greater than I actually am, and, yeah. and I'm going to prove it, and. You know, it's it's the you know what's his name son flying too close close Icarus. to the Icarus. Icarus. Thank Icarus. You. wow, very who, look who was paying attention. Oh, I, I know my mythology. Oh, nice. it was, Not it, just supernatural mythology. <laughs> it's Icarus's son flying too close to the sun. Would you believe that his, my wife actually loves me more when I make comments about actual mythology? I don't want to know what you two do when you're alone. I wear wings <laughs> and I fly too close to the sun. Apparently. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's hubris, uh, where you you just you think you are in, invincible and immortal, and and that's Xerxes, and you know Leonidas realizes he is not immortal, and and you know it, I love there's so many great shots in Frank Miller's comic of you know Leonidas looking at the ground and being you know pensive and and, and yeah. internalizing everything and, and debating what's right and what you know and and I think that's where Zack Snyder benefits shines, from that. Yeah. yeah, he shines from it because he pulls those themes whereas you know in his later work he's just like I want to make this look cool well also there's a great parallel between Xerxes and Leonidas Xerxes is I am a god I'm going to be immortal I should live as an immortal I'm a god born onto earth and I'll have eternal life and Leonidas is like I'm a warrior I'll die and I I will go to like very Viking like very Valhalla and like I will have my great victory and my great death and my beautiful death and all that so it, it they're very good parallels. Xerxes is what Leonidas could be. He could. Yeah. Like if if Leonidas came back and he was like, "Hey, I'm God." Like nobody's going to argue with him. Mm-hmm. So the the parallels are very good. Like, you know, the absolute it's a testament to his character though. To Le, Leonidas does care about his people and he he wants to be a good and a just king, but he's yeah. also a leader that leads from the front rather than giving orders from the back, yes. like Xerxes. He, he lead when he. You're only a leader if people are following you, and and he leads by example. And also, mm-hmm. he had one goal to make Xerxes bleed. He knew he wasn't going yeah. there to win, but he was like, "I'm going to show that even a god can bleed." You know, it's very uh, Iron Man two. Um, Ivan Vanko says to Tony Stark, "He's like, if you can make God bleed, people would stop believing yes. in him." You know, and that's when the sharks come. So I, I I do enjoy like for such a quote unquote simple movie the fact it's, that we're sitting here for almost an hour and twelve minutes really just still dissecting yeah. it is a testament to its staying power and it, it is that good I, I really it's I really recommend you see this and I have to say even though I trash Army of the Dead I would encourage you to see it just for the fact that there there are moments of it that are really great and cool they're like I will say he's got. I don't know what it is about Zack Snyder, but he loves his opening credit montages. Watchmen is still yeah. his, his best. Um, yeah. The opening credit montage for Army of the Dead has Vegas being taken by zombies, and it's a five minutes of fun, like uh, uh, with sort of you know incongruous music playing of Elvis. 
uh, over <laughs> people dying from zombies. It's great. Very zombie. I, I just wish that the rest of the movie was like that. And and, uh, and then I'll, we'll wrap this up with this comment, too, of that in Army of the Dead, no one has that internal conflict. Well, None you know, I will still say that the biggest one of his biggest misses ever was that he did not start off Batman versus Superman with a credit montage of the two of them conflicting. Where it's like Superman saving a cat out of a tree and then Batman stringing somebody up over a rooftop. Like, that was the biggest missed opportunity. One of the biggest missed opportunities in Batman vs. Superman was they had that. Because it starts off with a really strong opening scene. With the exception of the Waynes dying, we don't need to see it 12 times. (laughs) But the scene of him and uh, Bruce Wayne in Metropolis is still one of my favorite superhero scenes of all time. Had that movie started off with literally that cut to white, you know, that scene. And then the opening credits had been... Like a montage of something like Superman David and Batman Bowie's and Heroes or something, and that's playing. a great yeah. that's a great show show and tell. Yeah, it's here's Superman saving cats out of trees. Here's Batman scaring the piss out of Joe Schmo Robber, who's like, I'm just I'm gonna steal this yeah. from this gas station. On a side note, did you? I read this week that Zack Snyder. We almost had a Zack Snyder Star Wars series. I did not read that. No, I really? would not be okay yes. with that. Zack Snyder was actually tapped to do a um, what? What is it when they do three movies? Uh, trilogy. Trilogy. Thank you. Um, words elude me. Um, <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, we almost had a Zack I... Snyder trilo- Star Wars trilogy that we were this close. <laughs> well, see, <laughs> with this, the, with the right scripts. This is my thing. You give Zack Snyder a so, someone that's like, this is the script. We have to stick to this, and and. And no, no, and and listen, and he's he's in charge of cinematography. He he just makes it look pretty. You'd have a great movie if you have the right writers. You you have someone that can like be like, listen, you you can't deviate from what the writers want, and you know everything. But you you gotta make it look how you want to make it look. You're gonna have a good movie. It was got Paul. Encounter. I would not want Zack Snyder to ever do a Star Wars movie. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I'm not saying. I'm not just saying Star yeah. Wars. I'm just saying it, Zack Snyder in general Zach, making a movie just needs to handle the way things look. And that's why for something and like not dialogue or that, anything. That's like why that. for something like like Star Wars, which does, despite what a lot of people think, it does have a very unique style and editing yeah and and the wipes and you know i don't think zach and there's not slow motion there's no slow motion in star wars guys i can't know well you wouldn't you wouldn't want to see a slow-mo lightsaber fight no because it would for some reason (laughs) no because for some reason it would just be when the lightsaber comes out just really slow motion like (laughs) the first half hour is all about lightsabers coming out and it's good and knowing zach center and i hate to say it it's gonna be so suggestive yeah it's so erotic. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, and that is something that we didn't really touch upon here, is that Zack Snyder fetishizes everything. So yeah. I I will never justify this movie's existence, but around the same time, the the other big trope was the spoof movie trope. Oh and my God, yeah. I know where you're going. So Go they had a movie called Meet the Spartans. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, I will never justify this movie, but unfortunately it does have points of merit. Mm-hmm. Number one is they cast Kevin Sorbo as the uh, the captain, and yeah. he he he's fantastic, and he does a great job with it. But they play up the homoerogenous aspect yep. of the Spartans to to a to a comedic effect, and it's actually really funny when he's talking about how they're going to defeat the 
the person is like, so we're going to sneak around behind them and take them yeah. from the rear. And like the oracles are just like, yeah, you gonna yeah. you gonna you gonna do that? Take it from there. And it, it's it's all just like really suggested dialogue, mm-hmm. and it, and it's a great spoofing point. And, and the actor they get to play Leonidas in Meet the Spartans is Sean McGuire. Yeah, he's actually really funny, and I've seen yeah. him in some other stuff. But um, it, it's just it's really bad. But they do they they poke fun at yeah. it, and yes, in this movie the the banana hammocks and the yeah. the over they're all oiled for some reason. It's not even that hot out. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, they're never hydrated. It feels like, but um, there there is a lot of. But again, there's also a point where. This was the graphic novel. Yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say that I think Zack Snyder was the perfect choice to make this graphic because a novel. lot of people mm-hmm. wouldn't have like look at look at Watchmen. They tried to get rid of naked Doctor Manhattan, but that was an aspect of his it character. Really was. Yeah, he was like, and that's the thing that people don't get, and that's the point. He was so far evolved, and by the especially by the end of it, when he was ready to be like, humanity's not it's stupid. He was so far evolved that he's like. Why do we care about clothes? Like that that's just where his mind was. Right. And it makes sense for the character. So to to have him just be, you know, buff most of the time, like that for him that was just totally normal. It was only when they were like, Yeah, you're gonna be on TV, you need a suit. He's like, Okay. On a, a side note, since you mentioned about, you know, cool shots of, of with Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder in Army of the Dead takes over the position of director of photography. Now, if you're not familiar with what that job is, that's the person who holds the camera and decides where it goes Mm -hmm. and what shots look like. Decides what lens you use, what kind of focus you use. And I challenge you to watch Army of the Dead and not be frustrated by the focus of it because there are so many scenes where it's such a shallow focus where you only see like what's in three feet in front of the camera and everything else is blurred out for some reason. And it is so annoying throughout the entire. Well, another, another director that's famous for that is Kevin Smith. And to the point where Bruce Willis and he had words about it, because Bruce Willis, they did a movie called cop out yeah. and mm-hmm. it's because he wants to work with Bruce Willis. You know, he works with him on uh live for your die hard. Yeah. I think that was yeah, the one. I believe it was. And you know, he's like, I really want to work with you on, the- I have this film and it, you know, cop and out it- because it was a cop out. It was his, his studio was like, we're going to give you money. You got to do a film for us. Right. Here's your seven view Askewiverse films, but you got to do seven for you. One for us, Kevin. So he does and this cop movie and turn out well, him and Bruce Willis had a lot of yeah. problems working together and he'll, he'll talk your ear off about it. God, Kevin Smith talks a lot for being Silent Bob. But um, now for a Kevin Smith film, though, like shallow focus works because it's all about the dialogue. But I was going to say, no. But what I was going to say was like Bruce Willis would ask, like, well, what kind of what kind of lens are you using? What kind of? And Kevin Smith, he doesn't know anything about that. He doesn't, and you know, unfortunately, I hate to say it, the director doesn't necessarily know the technical aspects. They know who to hire for those things, and that's the point. That's why there is a director of of photography that's you know who scouts locations and sets up the establishing shots and all that stuff. There's you know the key grip who's in charge of making Mm -hmm. sure the sound turns sounds a certain way. You know, there's a lot of film. A film is not like I humbly. Humbly, I I learned this just doing YouTube stuff for our show. Yeah. I was like, holy crap, the amount of effort that goes in. Like I used to make fun of YouTubers that just sat in front of their their computer, they talked, and they're like, oh, we make millions of dollars every day. And I was like, it's it's work. It is it yeah. is editing. It is yeah, this. It, it is, is that. It is you know if we have to come back and do it again because the shot wasn't perfect. Like I can't even imagine telling no. you two we got to come back and redo the <laughs> podcast. 
Good luck with that. No, that's why we record on Fridays, so I have <laughs> Saturday and Sunday to convince you to come back. But um, Mm-mm. but okay. <laughs> so the, I think that. Oh, and then then finally, I I just wanted to really talk about this for thirty seconds. The look of the film. It's beautiful. It yeah. is. Yes, there is. They use a, a technique called. I think it's crushing I think it is I think so where they take all of the darkest things and all of the lightest things and then they eliminate all the other stuff in between yeah. and it, it I, I, I can't wait to talk about that for Sin City next week oh yeah, yeah. We, also this film was mostly done on blue screen instead of the traditional oh green gosh, screen yes there was only one shot that was done outside and the reason yeah. they used blue screen is because they felt that it worked better with the color saturation yep. they were choosing to do mm-hmm. Um, most most places use green screen. Your average local weatherman uses green screen. Uh, green screen's been around forever because green is not a naturally occurring color like that. Um, I've never really seen anybody who's even worn a shirt that matches a green yeah. screen shirt. It's very rare. Yeah, just You'll, the queen. Just the queen. I don't know. <laughs> did you? I don't know if you saw that. It was about six months ago that the Queen of England wore a, a, a green screen yeah. shirt, yep. and yep. so that allowed everyone to green screen whatever they wanted onto yeah. her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But. Uh, you know that that's that's a nice little tip, yeah. like a little thing that they were doing. And uh, unfortunately, this was also the big time where a lot of things were done on green screen. Yeah, like yeah. Sin City, I think was almost completely done yeah. on a green screen lot, and you could see it with uh, and the Spirit too, which yeah, we'll, talk, we'll about. talk about. That. Um, even though Ronnie hasn't seen it, Rob hasn't I seen it either. I can't oh, wait to see it. Sean's gonna want to guest star on that one. Just so oh really? Know. Oh he because oh, yeah. he he and I both. <laughs> I didn't know I struck gold on that one. <laughs> well, the Spirit is one of those rare movies. Very similar. another Frank Miller, which is Frank Miller, which is just it had all the elements to work, and then it just doesn't. Oh, I can't wait! It is so cheesy, bad, and talk about a movie that is not aged well at. So we'll be all. we'll be visiting that, and I think in three weeks, something we'll, like that. We're talking oh, yeah, uh, Sin, like that, yeah. talking Sin City next week, and then a Green Lantern special in between. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that. So yeah, that's that's Sin City. Um, yeah, that's that's the look, and and we'll we'll talk more about that when we get to those films because those that look imitates the Frank Miller style very much. So, Star City rating, gentlemen, Ronnie. Um. I'm going to have to give this a 3.5. Okay. Um, I think it's pro- – I, I, I'm tempted to say this is probably his best work, meaning Zack Snyder's best film. Um, I, yeah, I think a 3.5 is solid for this. Um, you know, v- visually it was great and everything. Um you know, just like he normally does, um, and it's I, I I am a sucker for historical pieces. I do love the historical pieces and not, everything. Not a sucker punch. Just no, but Private Ryan. Yes, exactly. I love Saving Private Ryan. But my only downfall is, like I said earlier, is the first thirty minutes or so of this movie. It's just all right. When when's the fighting starting? Like like it was a bunch of stuff that you didn't really need to know stop, stop punching that child like yeah. I, i'll ask this question um real quick in 10 seconds summarize the entire difficulty that uh the queen has with the senate what is her issue go her issue is that they won't back him up why why because he, uh what's his name is paid off by uh, xerxes oh you know way more than i do because <laughs> i was gonna say i Kind of, my eyes glazed over during those. Yeah, because yeah. uh, he promises to help back her to send okay, reinforcements. Yeah. 
And when he doesn't, after he also sexually assaulted her, which yes. is a, that's a tough scene yeah. to watch. Um, you know, she does get her comeuppance on him, but still, still. she kills uh, him. Uh, and when she, when she kills him, all the all the Persian coins fall out of his purse. Yes, which doesn't make sense because he's got Xerxes money, which there's, there's doesn't. No, well, it's still gold coins. Yeah, but it's in and a also, non-Xerxes place. But <laughs> but what yeah. happens when he wants Xerxes to take over? That money suddenly. Oh, okay. so you're that's like investing it. in Bitcoin before uh, it went uh, went open. I need to get yeah. some. Uh, and what are those things called? The N- NTSs or. Those, oh, the, it, the NFTs. NFTs. I yeah. need to yeah. get me some NFTs. All right. Apparently, Charlie bit my finger. Just sold for seven hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. All right. So three and a half from Ronnie. Paul. I am also going to go three and a half. I think um, it, this was a very good early attempt at a comic book movie. Um, while we have been spoiled, in terms, of, that's the problem with comic book movies. At this point, we love. Like I love Superman, the original movie. It does not stack up though against even Man of Steel, about, uh, like um, the Christopher Reeve version. Christopher Reeves, yeah. Like Richard Donner, yeah. this, um, this generation especially is is very lucky that we we are growing up at a time where superhero movies are at their peak. Comic mm-hmm. book movies are at their peak. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, three hundred people don't remember is is a comic book movie and also a Zack Snyder property. And I think now it's I think maybe now with all the Zack Snyder stuff it's it's finally gonna get a little bit more love. Like it got a lot of love to begin with and it is God is it quotable. Like oh, we yeah. all were quoting it's, the this, this is, is Sparta. That it's so mean that's worthy. probably like the most oh, yeah. quotable one of the most quotable lines ever. I told yeah. Timmy that I was watching three hundred this week and he goes, I don't know what that is and I just went, This is Sparta and he goes, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like but he even, knows that line. But yeah. even like a lot of the, the lines that are actually historically accurate, like uh, tonight mm-hmm. we dine in hell, even though mm-hmm. apparently it was tonight we dine in Hades, right. yeah. but hell is the more common vernacular. Yeah. sounds better. But it does sound better. Like, you know, like so many just great lines. And also, again, Leon, the more I watch this movie, especially now, Leonidas is a really good guy. Yeah. Like even when he's explaining to Ephesus, I'm getting, I, every time I say his name differently, the hunchback guy, when he first is like, hey. Quasimodo? Yeah. Him too. <laughs> like he, he's he's not just dismissive of him. He first he's like, hey, he came to talk to me. He's allowed to talk to me. Yes. Yeah. You know, because Michael Fassbender's like, get get out of here, yeah. you. And you know, he's a bit more dismissive in the graphic novel, but just this, slightly. This movie made him very likable. Like Leonidas is like, hey, this is why I can't have you in our phalanx, but you can still help and be a be a part of your people. You're talking mm-hmm. about Ephialtes? Ephialtes, yes. thank Ephi- you. Yeah, okay, like, I'll do it with my Greek accent, Ephialtes. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> just got warm in here. Guys with accents. I love me some gyro. Uh, what? Get out of here. My it's gyros. <laughs> she is silent. My big fat Greek podcast. <laughs> I, I got to admit, actually if you've seen my today. big fat Greek wedding, it is not exaggerated at all. I, that was I my know. upbringing. My uh, my cousin married a Greek girl, yeah. and uh, to see their culture, the culture is just a lot of fun. My wife married into a Greek family, and that movie was exactly our wedding. <laughs> that was our whole life. I love it. But th- this movie, Leonidas is likable. He's he's an underdog, but at the same time, like bigger than life, and he he's what a lot of guys want to be. We all want to be like that. That really just strong, powerful well-respected, but at the same time also just good guy. He's a lot. He reminds me a lot of Chris Evans' Captain America mm-hmm. where he's not running around saying, I'm better than you, but he is. he's like, well, no, Tony, I'm not going to sign the Sokovia Accords because yeah. it's the right thing to do. He's very similar mm-hmm. in that. He, he leads by being right and, and by, by sticking to his principles and by working harder than everybody else. There, there's a phrase that I like called being the man's man. Mm. He is yeah. what men respect, mm-hmm. not just... 
admire and want to be like, but also just he, you also want to like go have a beer with him. Like he's the kind of person that will always have your back and always fight for you and this and that. And never, he's never vindictive. He's strong, powerful. And yeah, he's ripped like nobody's business. And that is just, there's just something very likable about Leonidas and it, it helps the movie uh, as a whole also be just a little bit better. Maybe not a beer, but at least shots of Uzo. <laughs> Protein shakes. What are you talking about? Rob? So, despite the fact that my King Leonidas has a very heavy Scottish accent throughout the entire <laughs> thing, <laughs> I, you'll be surprised to hear that I'm actually going to give this a four out of five. Wow. Um, I think it works on so many levels. I think it is a a groundbreaking film in terms of, of bringing graphic novels to life. Um, I thought it, it was a great first for so many things. It is easily Zack Snyder's, as Ronnie said, it's Zack Snyder's best film. Um, it is. It hits so many things right. Yes, it's got its fetishism way out of control and, mm-hmm. and out of check. Um, but this is Zack Snyder being reined in by Frank Miller. And Frank Frank Miller knows what he's doing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know the if Frank Miller was producer on this, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear if he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had input on this. And this was, you know, this is when Fr- uh, Zack Snyder hadn't quite proven himself yet because he only done Dawn of the Dead and he needed to prove himself. And he really rose to it. And and he, he incorporated the themes and, and a lot of the uh, brilliance of the graphic novel. Uh, and, and it just, it works on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That wraps up our 300. Just to give you a highlight as to what's coming up next week, we're looking at Frank Miller's Sin City. But before we go in, what? Are we talking Sin City 1 and 2 or just 1? 1 and 2. We are doing Sin City and Sin City A Dame to Kill For because I don't know how much we're going to have to say about that one. It's going to be much shorter than the first. (laughs) That usually happens with sequels. Now is the time that we look at Fan Feedback Friday as Paul quickly pulls this up. As no, I had it. Oh, he's got it. Yeah, he's no, ready I, to go. I got it. Look at him. So I have to say, I this being that it's Memorial Day weekend, I had the day off, and so I spent my entire time unplugged today doing some painting around the house. So I don't even know what the question is. So the question was... Um, what is the greatest comic book line of all time? Just something iconic, something memorable, something that when you think comic book phrases, you think this phrase. So, because uh, I wanted one that also was, you know, this is Sparta. Mm-hmm. That's very, but again, people don't always remember the 300s comic book movie. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of the ones that we got were I Am Vengeance, I Am the Knight, I Am Batman okay. from the animated series. And I really do enjoy uh, Pattinson's drop of it in uh, the trailer. Yes. Mm-hmm. We need to see more of that movie. Like, I'm, I hate being optimistic. Um, this one's obscure, and I definitely want to yell at the person who picked it. It's uh, it's <laughs> it not wasn't me because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know this. It's not dying that you need to be afraid of. It's not having lived in the first place. I don't know the reference. It's Seth Rogen's Green Hornet. The Green Hornet. Yeah. Because I went with what's a great quote, not necessarily what's one that's so well known. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, that's a great quote to you know, just live by, though. Because why listen to the actual question when you're a top fan of the show? It's it's a what was what was the question? Iconic. That's Con- not. What is the most? What are some of the most iconic 
Oh, excuse me. It was the greatest comic book lines of all time. Iconic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me that's not a great line to yeah. live by. That, that's just a great line to live by. I'm just going to keep going. Uh, we also had It's Clobbering Time, which I definitely agree mm-hmm. is, is an iconic comic book line. And uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, I will always. What about Martha? That wasn't. Get out of here. <laughs> um, I think we have a late breaking comment coming in. Oh, yeah, do we? Yeah, yeah. I should definitely go back to the page that I was on for that <laughs> and definitely go to, oh, my God, it's um, Rob, Rob Lobel. What's a Lobel? Uh, Lobel? And this late-breaking news. I really hope it's a vendor. Iconic. Waffles, waffles, waffles. <laughs> <laughs> Smorgasbord. Waffles, waffles, waffles. Waffles. It's Teen Titans. Yeah. Titans go specifically. See, I, I, w- I was very surprised waffles, we got waffles, uh, waffles. no Avengers Assemble. Well, because it was in the picture. I know that's why I put it there. But, but I'm saying uh, I think that's why people didn't oh, put yeah. it. I also was very surprised that we did not get I'm here to fight for truth, justice, and the American way. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. I'm here to kick bubblegum and. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all I'm gonna, out of bubblegum. I'm going to kick bubblegum into the stack to my gum. shoe. Sorry, guys. If it's not a Marvel movie, I <laughs> oh, don't I know it. blew that one. <laughs> oh, edit. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Please don't. So, Please did don't. I forget any parts of the show? I, I think just, uh, would you like me to tell people how they can get in touch oh, with yeah, us? Oh, yeah, sure. Why don't you tell us how we can get people in touch with us? So, as you guys uh, heard, Rob did say we are talking about uh, Sin City next week, so we'd love to hear your thoughts on Sin City and uh, kind of the the craze that it started because Sin City really started a very specific look of comic book movies including mm-hmm. 300 and The Spirit and um, we'd love to hear your thoughts so you can find us at our website themisfitfaction.com there you'll find access to all of our content whether it's other podcasts that we do including Cinematic Adventures and any future podcasts we may be working on there's also a way for you to leave us uh, comments and uh, suggestions on our website where you can tell us what do you want from us what do you want what, what do, you- do you want from me I opened the door. But uh, what what other you things do you want? It. Whether it's more YouTube content, more fan feedback uh, questionnaires, shorter podcasts, reviews. Less Rob as host. More Rob as more host. More Rob as host. <laughs> uh, more research because Rob does really good research. Yeah. Ronnie and I check the interwebs. <laughs> I have Wiki- a lot of show prep involved here. Yeah. I, I usually show prep like five seconds into the recording. <laughs> yeah. That's about- I, I start show prepping as soon as I know what the topic is. I, I just want to note that right here on the desk, I have Frank Miller's Sin City 1 and 2 sitting here waiting for me to read this week. Just so you guys know, I had a poster of Jessica Alba from Sin City in my room as a teenager, and that was my research. That's his show prep. And my wife did too. Producer Melanie is chiming in in the background with a hand raised saying, I did too. That's why we got married. But I didn't anyway. I a poster. You had a Margot Robbie poster, sweetie. <laughs> but anyway, um, you can also find us on any podcast searching app. Uh, num- number one for us is Podbean. So if you guys are on Podbean, make an account, follow us. Uh, the biggest thing that we need from you guys is reviews and comments and shares. It helps the network grow. It helps our numbers go up. The higher our numbers, the higher we go up on the uh, the algorithms for all these things. Uh, just so you guys know, Apple Podcasts recently revamped their podcast woo-hoo. system completely. No woohoo. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is wah, wah. It's a giant mess. We've been on there for years, and we're still on there, both of our podcasts. So if you guys are using Apple Podcasts, please, stars and reviews, it makes a big difference because – they're a mess right now yeah. and podcasters all around the world are really struggling with um, their new setup because new setups mean new bugs but uh, you can find us also on uh, Stitcher you can find us on I, our iHeartRadio um, Spotify Pandora 
uh, Google Podcasts, which apparently all, all these things are things we never knew. Tune in. Tune in, yes. Uh, Alexa can uh, play us if you ask her very nicely yes. and very carefully. So um, the more interaction you guys have with us, even if it's just a download or a share, it makes a big difference, and we do highly, highly appreciate it. And, of course, um, if you guys are looking for energy drink supplements or any sort of health and fitness supplements, we have uh, Raise Energy has been a big sponsor of us by uh, Rep Sports. I believe if you use the code MISFIT. And what's that code? Misfit89 at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Or if you want to support Bibliophiles Assemble, you can find them on Instagram. You can find us on Instagram. It's a great way to interact with the fans and interact with us. And I think that wraps me up because I'm tired. Be on the lookout for a giveaway coming up. (gasps) This is news. Is it going to be with the use of a t-shirt gun? Yes, it will. I will shoot it at someone's face here. (laughs) He's literally just going to make me stand in the backyard throwing t-shirts. So thank you all for joining us this week. We look forward to hearing back from you. I'm Rob. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Paul. And we'll be back in a flash. See ya.